Let's go. Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today we have Nathan Einkorn on the show. Nathan is the broker owner of Quick Start Lending and his company did, well, I think, right about $70 million in production last year. And I'm thinking he's looking to do a little bit more this year. What are you thinking? Uh, that's the uh, that's the goal, yeah. We're <laughs> trying to get to the triple digits, trying to get to that hundred million mark. Awesome, man! Awesome, man! And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously excited to have you here, man. We've known each other for you know probably what a couple of years now, um, and uh, I've just seen the the amount of growth. You know, obviously, you started your brokerage. What was it, 2017, something like that? Uh, came to the broker channel in 2017. Started my own shop in April of 2019. Okay. So yeah, the broker's been a little less. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. And and so obviously that's uh, you know, seventy, roughly seventy million in production in roughly two years from starting. That's pretty dang good, right? Well, maybe even less than two years. So yeah, a little less. So so talk to me about that, man. Um, I'm sure there's been some struggles somewhere along the way. I know you were you've done both sort of channels, retail, wholesale. You know, what's sort of your your take on that? And then talk talk a little bit about your journey. Um, and you know, maybe I guess introduce yourself a little bit. Tell tell people who you are. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll go back to uh, I started in lending in 2004. Um, you know, as people refer to it, you know, the Wild West back in the day. I yeah, worked in yeah, uh, yeah. Wholesale, wholesale brokerage. We were a chop shop. I mean, we did nothing but refinances, strictly FHA, VA streamlines. That was our bread and butter, right? Super simple. All the easy um, stuff. What's that? All the easy stuff. All the easy stuff. I mean, it was you know, pick up the phone, and I mean, deals were there. It was it was it was easy. Um, got towards uh, got going into 2008. Um, I honestly, I wish I could say I had the foresight to see that the crash was coming, but in all honesty, I just I had I had my son in 2007, and I just at that point, I kind of was looking at you know who I was as a person and the industry that I was in and what I was doing, and I just didn't like it. I didn't like the people I worked with. I didn't like the way that the industry was going, mm-hmm. um, and so I left at the end of 2007, like December 2007. I left um, and went into telecom and, and did that for a few years, and then I came back into lending in uh, late 2012. Uh, went into was it with retail. Uh, worked at um, uh, Citywide and then went over to Fairway. And I was with Fairway for a few years. Nice. Uh, Fairway's a great company. They have a great system. They have, you know, um, just great leadership, great mentorship. It was a good place to start. But as soon as I learned, I, I basically kept coming up against brokers. Uh, sure. His- 2015, 2016. And I was just, I mean, getting my teeth kicked in all the time. I was really good though at selling against the broker channel, right? All mm-hmm. the, all the things that we all say. And here's the thing. I don't have anything against retail, right? I don't, right. I'm not, how, how anybody chooses to do this job or make their money. That's, you know, that's their personal decision for me. As soon as I found out how wholesale pricing worked versus how retail pricing worked, I just honestly, like in my heart, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't give somebody my loan a full point, you know, an interest rate higher than what a broker could do simply mm-hmm. because, you know, my company had to make, you know, X amount of dollars to pay, you know, the the entire, you know, ladder of leadership that was above me. And that was just right. a personal decision for me. So 
I uh, had a buddy of mine who was a broker, um, asked him, Hey man, I'd, I'd like to make a change. I'd like to come on board. And he, he brought me on. That was in, I think, uh, early 2017. And I worked for him for about a year and a half, uh, just, just, just under two years. And then, uh, he kind of taught me the ropes and taught me how, Hey, these are the different lenders. And you got, cause it, it's, it's difficult, right? When you're at fairway, right. you one system, you got one pricing engine. You got, it's, it's easy. It's, you know, yeah. it, there you go. You get into the broker channel. It's like, okay, I got 27 lenders and I've got optimal blue and I've got, you know, loan sifter. And then I, then loan sifter sometimes doesn't work. So I got to go directly to the website and you know, which LOS am I going to use? Which POS am I going to like, you got to do yeah, all yeah. It's a, well, and there's overlays. There's overlays on top of that on uh, different places. And, and, you know, some people will take your 620 or your 580 or 500 uh, credit loans, but others are like, nah, 680 plus. Like, so I get it, man. That's, uh, yeah. that's insane, man. And, and, I, and I can't I mean, even imagine. I, I, and I guess, you know, at some point in time, there wasn't these cool softwares like, you know, Loan Sifter and, and Optimal oh. Blue and things like that, right? Yeah, I, I, I luckily didn't have to deal with any of that <laughs> when I came over to broker world, all that was available to me. Uh-huh. It was more just like you said, navigating, Hey, you got to learn which lender will do what you got to learn. Hey, what, you know, Hey, okay. There's, you know, this Provident has the best pricing in the world, but guess what? They're a nightmare to work with. Like, sure. you know, that's going to take you two months to close the deal. You got to navigate that. There's good lenders and there's, there's bad lenders. There's, you know, these companies, they're staffed with people and guess what? People are flawed and everyone has the best intention. Everybody wants to get a loan closed, but mm-hmm. you know, in the end, it's like, you gotta, you gotta learn. And, and the good thing about coming to the broker channel, uh, and I, like I said, once again, this is not a knock on retail, but I feel like I actually became a true mortgage loan originator when I got to the broker channel, because I really had, you've got to learn your guidelines and you got to, you know, right. sometimes you'll submit a loan and uh, the underwriter says, Nope, that's not a deal. But you know, with hundred percent certainty that it is, you go search their overlays. It's not there. And you know, you got to come back and argue. Um, right, right, right. So it, it definitely sharpened the pencil and got us, uh, got me a lot, a lot better at what I do. Nice, man. So, so that's, so you went 2017, you went to the broker channel, 2019, yeah. you started your brokerage. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, how, how quickly did you ramp up there and what did that look like? Well, that actually started in 2018. Okay. Um, when I, you know, 2018 was kind of a huge transition year for me. Uh, I got introduced to some pretty amazing people. I yeah, I kind of changed a lot of things. I sort of listened to some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MFCEO was probably a, a huge, just life changer for me. I mean, well. I, and now that you're saying that, I, I know you just went to an event. Uh, so I want to hit on that later. So so don't forget to talk about that. But yeah, no, go ahead and keep talking, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I started listening to Andy. And that just, I mean, just fired me up, man. I, I, I was I was actually thinking about getting out of lending. I had gone over to the broker channel. Like I said, I was getting better at what I did. But I just, I wasn't, I wasn't getting that traction, right? I, I could, I was just, I was hovering around that million dollar a month mark. Um, you know, some uh, maybe get to like 1.2, but you know, hover around like, you know, my average month was probably 600,000. It was just, and I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. I wasn't sure. being the loan officer that I wanted to be. I, I just wasn't living up to the potential. And so I was like, you know what, if I can't do this, maybe I should look at something else. And uh, a, a mentor of mine, a friend of mine had just kind of said, he's like, you know, Hey, check this out. Um, and, and I remember he just, it was kind of nonchalant. He's like, Hey man, I, I do this thing. It's called the power list. 
Um, I heard it on this podcast. I, I've been listening to this guy. He's awesome. And he, he, and he knew me well enough. He's like, Nathan, this guy speaks your language. Like you got to start listening to him. So, mm-hmm. so that's, so that's what I did. I, I started listening to Andy and then I found Ed Milet and then I found Tim Ferriss and then I found, you know, uh, Tom Bilyeu. And then, you know, I just like, boom. And then it's like, I stopped listening to the radio. I started listening to podcasts. Then I started reading books. Then I was like, you know, 2018, September, I was just like, you know what? I got to do something. And that's when I found uh, Nick Carpenter. Right. Right. Um, and that was the first time that I ever put my own money into coaching. I had done coaching programs with like fairway way back in the day with 24 hour fitness. When I worked there, they did a ton of coaching, but it wasn't my money. So I never took it. I never really took it to heart or took advantage of it, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was when I maxed out our last credit card (laughs) to pay for Nick's Nick's program. And right. And then I got in there and that's, that's when me and you met. Right? Yeah, yeah, you were, absolutely. You were in there, and um, and that's when it, that's when the that's when that switch happened. And within six months of doing that, right, it just changed. You know, a, along with all the stuff that I was listening to, and just the coaching that I was doing, and the the there's the self help that I was reading. You know, I used to make fun of people that followed Tony Robbins. I used to make Dude. fun of people that like coaches or whatnot. Me too. Then, me too. Now I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally one of those guys, right? Yes. I mean, yes. I, 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 I percent agree, man. That's the same trajectory that I went on was like, I used to think Tony Robbins was like a snake oil salesman, all this stuff, all this, all this positivity crap, da, 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 da. Uh, and I, it's funny. I had the same sort of path. I started listening to podcasts instead of the radio. Uh, I, I did, Tim Ferriss was one of the ones, but the, the one that started me was Entrepreneur on Fire, which got me thinking about starting my own business, right? And so it's interesting that we have you know a little bit of that same path because I, I agree, like that's the same thing I did. Was man, I got up to a point in 2019, I was like hundred thousand dollars in debt from trying to start my business. But I also remember at the very beginning buying something for like ten thousand dollars that was just on credit cards. Didn't tell my wife uh, until about halfway through it. And I was like, I think I got to tell her this. And I just like broke down. I was like, sorry, babe. Like I, I just spent this money. And she's like, are you going to make it back? Like, it's okay, but are you going to make it back? You know, now she's happy, but probably back then she's like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, now, I mean, right. Hindsight 2020. Now it's like yeah. the best investment ever. The only thing you're kicking yourself for is you didn't do it sooner. Right. Yep. I mean, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, man. Well, and talk about that, man. So, so personal development is one of my, you know, favorite things to talk about. I, you know, I think last year I invested, I don't know, probably close to seventy thousand uh, dollars in in personal development, and it's always worth it, right? And that's obviously between you know stuff to, to coaching for the business, and personally mindset, uh, business coach, things like that. So, talk a little bit about. I know you just went on a, on a couple little uh, uh, things right now that 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 uh, you know has really had an impact on you, but also just kind of your whole philosophy there. Um, yeah. I mean, when you talk about like, how can, how can you separate yourself or how can you set yourself apart or it's invest in yourself? Um, you know, I got extremely blessed last year, you know, like a lot of us, I I had the best year that I ever had. Um, and, and we just, you know, we just pedaled to the floor. We did, we never stopped. We just grinded, grinded, grinded and just, and got after it. And, you know, this year it's like, I'm at that point where I want to, I want to keep keep my development going. I want to keep getting after it. So mm-hmm. I made my, my commitment this year was that I was going to invest even more. Like I was going to triple quadruple. It's actually turned out to be, a, I mean, right now I think I'm about $30,000 deep in coaching <laughs> so far this year. And it's only I, May. <laughs> and it's only May. And everything I've done though has been absolutely amazing. I right. mean, it's like, you know, it, it started with uh, back in uh, January, Nick had that thing with Renee Rodriguez, right? With right. His yep. 
And so I signed up for that. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do, cause I've heard from so many people in our industry, got people that I respect and follow and, 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 you know, guys and gals that I'm chasing, like they've got shops that I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, I, so I signed up for that cause Nick had that, Nick had an offer and right. I was perfect, man. This is perfect timing. So I signed up for his and then it, and then we had that, it was supposed to be in Dallas and we had that, um, that storm, right? So right. That, that big snowstorm that like shut down Texas. And that was the weekend that it was supposed to be. So the hotel was closed. So I was like, oh man, I got to reschedule it. Um, they, they moved it to Miami, but I couldn't make it work. So I'm like, okay, I'll reschedule. Let me know when the next dates are. And about that same time, uh, Jocko Willink posted um, his battlefield event, right? So he posted that Echelon Front was going to do this sure. coaching and uh, leadership seminar at Gettysburg, right? And I don't know if you could see, but I'm still just so, so jacked. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see. <laughs> it was amazing, man. I and but the funny thing was, it, it. I mean, you know, my faith is a big part of me, and and I believe that God's going to put you where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And His hand was totally on this because I had Renee's event, the like the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth of April, mm-hmm. and then I had Jocko's event was the nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty first. So it was like. You know, Renee's, Renee's event is uh, amplifying. I mean, man, anyone who wants to, even if you don't, if you're not looking into like speaking, but you just want to learn how to communicate better. I can't, I can't promote so, what he does. So enough. that is okay. So that's a, almost like a speaking event. Cause I saw that there was, I saw someone that had been to the event that, and they had like this really cool speaking video that they made for them. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that it was like a speaking thing. I, you know, obviously I, I follow Renee's, you know, he's got a lot of cool stuff. I didn't realize it was specifically for that. And that's actually amazing because obviously I want to be a better speaker. Cause that's what I do pretty much. I'm a marketer, right? I speak for a living pretty much. Right. I, I'm, I'm bringing back what I got from an A. It's, I mean, it's, it's changed my family. It's changed my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my mm-hmm. kids. It was, it was phenomenal. Cause I'm, you know, I've, I've been described like this by a few people and, and they're probably a hundred percent right. I'm like a bull in a China shop. You know, I, <laughs> I don't, hey, what? I, Who yeah, would ever say that? Words. I don't, you know, it's funny when people, I used to like, when people would call me and say, Hey, how you doing? It would piss me off. Cause I'm like, you're wasting my time. Right. You don't care what I'm doing. I don't care how you're doing. Get to the point. What do you, what, do you, what is this conversation? Right. And, th- and that's just the way I, I, I kind of operated and it mm-hmm. wasn't to be a dickhead. It wasn't that I don't care. Right. It was just that I'm like, Hey, give me the message and let's move. Like, let's go. But you know, his, his thing was just, I mean, it was awesome, man. It, it broke me down and made me realize like, you know, how I communicate is like, cool. That's going to be effective for like 1% of the population. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> A very good way to communicate, especially in the other people that are like you, right? Exactly. The people like me, great. And that's all the people I'm going to do business with. Then yeah, that's a pretty small window. So, sure. but it was awesome because he had that, it just, it just broke it down and just, it taught me how to listen and then how to actually deliver my message so that people will hear it. It was, it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I got to go from that to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I got to walk the Gettysburg battlefield with Jocko Willink, Leif Babin, Jason Gardner, Steve Ward, like the echelon front team. They had a historian from Gettysburg. Then they had this other guy, Judd, who was another historian. And they were like telling us the the stories of the battles. And then Jocko and Leif would come in and they break us up in like these fire teams of like five people. There's only 30 people at the event. So it was pretty amazing. I mean, it was me and 29 other people and then Jocko and Leif. And you're pretty much one-to-one at that point with those guys. It then. really was, man. They were coming into our groups. I got to have, you know, I'm sitting there having dinner. Jocko's sitting down with me and I'm literally just geeking out going like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> wow. Uh, and man, he's the real deal. That guy, it's, there's no act. There's no, 
this is what he is in front and this is what he, no, that guy is the same. He's genuine. He's, he's awesome. And that, and that was just, and, you know, I came back to my team and my team is just like, dude, what's cause I added, you know, in the last year I added five loan officers to my team and, and I came back and realized like, I'm not leading these people properly. I'm not communicating with them properly. I'm not speaking to them because I don't know how they, they want to be spoken to. Right. I don't. And it, it was just, I mean, it's just been awesome. And then, you know, I love it. It, April 2nd, I got accepted into the Arate Syndicate. And that's Andy Priscilla and my Let's group. And I've been, like I said, Andy's the guy who got that. His podcast is what started it back in early mm-hmm. 2017. You know, that power list is something I still do today. So it's just been, man, it's just been awesome. So I'm, I, I love that, man. That's incredible. I think, I think that the, like, I've done the same. Like, I've had a little bit of that same transition into, like, as you grow a team, I'm the type of person that just gets stuff done, right? Like, and so, and I don't want anybody to micromanage me. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Like, here's like the big, big picture, go do it, right? That's, that's me. So like when I first started growing a team, I thought that's how everybody was. So I'd just be like, here's, <laughs> here's the goal, go figure it out. And I was like spinning my wheels, you know, the 20, like I probably hated my business for a good six months in 2020 because um, I wasn't leading my team. I wasn't uh, delegating appropriately. I wasn't, you know, doing things like that. And like now, like a lot of that's changed. I, I, you know, first of all, I brought in an operations manager that freed up my time from doing the little like nitty gritty things, the, the, you know, being in the weeds that like as a visionary entrepreneur type of person, my mind doesn't work that way. So it was just like killing my creativity and all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, but one of the books that, that really changed my mind uh, around that same uh, principle you're talking about is Dare to Lead uh, by Brene Brown. She talks a little bit about concept of, you know, clarity is kindness and uh, being unclear is unkind, right? And so that really was like, dang, man, I'm, I'm not actually being clear and I'm not being upfront. And like, how can I, how dare I get mad about someone not meeting my expectations when I haven't clearly communicated what is expected and the path to get to that expectation. Right. And I, and I still catch myself doing it all the time. Cause you know, I just go back to old habits. Um, and Work I just, progress. yeah. And I just recently invested in a leadership program, 12 month leadership program. That's going to cost a lot of money. Um, but I just know that like to get to that next level, I have to level up. Right. And so I, I you know, I love this concept that, you know, and, and I think too many people get stuck in, you know, they're looking for a, a tangible ROI on these investments, right? And sometimes the, the 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 ROI is intangible. It's it's the way you show up. It's you know, and it's funny because I had I've had I actually have like a mindset type coach, someone that I meet with every other week just to just to go over stuff. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I'm getting the value out of it. And then I get on a call 30, 45 minutes and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can't I can't cancel that. <laughs> I can't cancel that because it always gives you clarity around just being able to speak with someone about, you know, taking your stuff to the next level because, you know, the reality is if you want to grow, like you, things are going to be scary, uncomfortable. Uh, and I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of that, you know, as you, as you had a massive year last year and, you know, looking to grow this year as well. Um, you know, it, it takes a different, really it takes a different person to get to that next level, right? Well, you have to execute. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest takeaways I had from, from Jocko's event from Battlefield, right? Um, I, I mean, there, there are so many lessons there. I can't even get, I mean, countless. Mm-hmm. And, but one of the key things he said on the last, you know, at the last lunch that we had before we before it ended and, you know, flew back home was he's like, you know, the biggest mistake everybody makes is they go to those seminars or they get the coaching or they get to whatever and they're all fired up and they're like, okay, when you're in the moment and you're there and you're with your coach on the phone or you're with your whatever, you're like, yeah, but so many people don't 
go back and execute, right? right? They don't go back and they don't put it into practice. Right. And, you know, that was the thing. And Renee had the same thing. He's like, Hey man, you know, you can, you can come to this seminar and like, you know, the difference between day one and day three of his seminar, it was, it's, and he has a videographer, so you get to watch it. Right. And he shows you like, Hey, this is what you look like. This is what you sounded like on day one. And it's amazing what he's able to do in two days. Cause on day three, you're like, I'm a professional speaker. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's easy while you're there, right? It's easy while the coach is in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you got to go execute. You got to get out there, right? Like the baseball player, he can practice. He can do batting practice. He has pitching coaches and batting coaches and da, 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 da. But when it's game time, it's him in the, you know, he's in the batter's box. He's by himself. Right. If he doesn't execute. None of that stuff matters. And, you know, that was kind of the, the takeaway that I had was just, you know, you can, if you're going to spend the money, you know, one, absolutely spend the money, spend time you know, invest in yourself, get the yeah. coach, get the, and, and don't go out there and just wing it. Like, okay, I'm just going to buy a coaching program. Look to your peers. You know, that was the other thing that happened in 2018 is I got surrounded by people like Casey Knowles and Rebecca Richardson, right. Uh, you know, the, the, the group, Ben, uh, Ben Miller and Heather Bark, you know, uh, man, that group was just phenomenal. Like I look Incredible. back, yeah. oh, man, it was kind of like the, uh, the 1983 quarterback draft class. You know what I mean? Because, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, look at Rebecca. Oh my gosh, man. That girl's crushing it. it. She is killing it. I mean, she's like the TikTok queen. Yeah. Right? What's funny. I called her, I called her TikTok famous, you know, cause she was on, on the show a couple, you know, a couple episodes ago and it was like, she's like, well, I don't know about that. I'm like, you, you're the TikTok. Yeah. You're TikTok famous. Come on. When can I get your autograph? So uh, yeah, for sure. He's a, right. Ben Miller. He's you know, out in Tennessee. He's killing it. It's, uh, you know, Casey, I think you just had him on yep, too. Yep, I mean, yep. Crushing it. Like, it's just, hundred million. And, and now, you know, that's my, my thing. You know, I, I, one of the things Ed Milet said, and I know that a hundred other people have said it too, probably, but Ed Milet, it's the one that I got it from, but it was like, sure. you know, hey, if you, you hang around five winners, you're going to be number six. Yep. Uh, yeah. Jim Rohn says it's similar. You're going to be number six. Right. So, yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, Jim says Jim Rohn says it's similar, right? You're yeah. the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think, so, and, and I, you know what? That's who that's who Ed Milet got it from. Was and who knows? Who right. knows? Jim might have got it from someone else too, right? Like that's probably what happened. But but I will you know, tell you, it's the truth, man. It is. You know, I am I am so intentional about the people that I hang around. I was at a networking event uh, a week ago, and I was sitting there. I was just literally just standing there. And, uh, there's a couple of the people in the, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the conversation, but this one lady, just, man, just bitching and moaning. I mean, she was, gosh, she had, she had nothing good to say about anything. Right. Everything right, was right. wrong. All these people were this. And I literally like, I phys- I was standing right next to her. I physically moved and walked around to the, cause it was, it wasn't a conversation I could leave. So I, I, but I physically just stepped back and I walked over to the other side of the group and everybody kind of looked at me and she looked at me and they're like, what? She's like, do I stink? And I'm like, no, I just don't want to catch any of whatever you got because. (laughs) Did you really say that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. That's awesome. That's right about your, uh, so sometimes the personality type like that is good because I'm, I would never do something like that, but I would love to say that. No, and, you know what? In the end, it turned out to be a good thing for her, right? Because okay. it, it, it took her back and it took the whole, and the whole group was like, and everybody kind of laughed it off. And, and then, you know, the conversation went on and then people walked away and she came up and she's like, what was that all about? Cause I know her. It's not like, you know, it's not like she was a stranger. Sure. And sure. I just told her, I'm like, you know, I'm very intentional about being around positive people. I'm very intentional about being around people like, you know, Jocko's book. I don't, you know, I didn't just go there randomly, like extreme ownership. That was another game changer for me. Amazing. Amazing right? book. 
And I just told her, I'm like, you, you just sat there like for like a minute and a half, just sitting there complaining and whining and blaming everybody. And I'm like, everything's your fault. Like you need to understand that you're a business owner. Like you can't. And I'm like, and I don't honestly, if that's how you're going to be, I don't want to be near that. I don't need that energy around me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I physically moved myself over. And then when you asked me why I told you the truth, I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. I don't, that, that doesn't help anybody. You know, that was the the other thing, like, you know, when you're, when you're placating people and when you're just telling them what they want to hear, man, no one gets out there, especially like in our industry. I don't know how many loans I looked at it just in the last probably six months where one of my realtors is like, Hey, I got this client and I'm just, I don't think that they're, you know, I don't know if they're qualified, but this lender over there qualified them. I looked at it and like, well, they'll be qualified soon, but they're not qualified right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody has such a scarcity mindset. Like they don't want to tell anybody no. Right. Right. right, Yep. Oh no, I can get this done. I can get this done. And, and it's just not the truth. Like right. the answer is never no, but the answer could be not right now. Right, right, right. It's just a when, right? It's just a when. It's like, Hey, I'll coach you. I'll work with you. Um, you know, whatever we got to do, I'll get you where you need to be. But right now, no, you're not, you're not, you're not qualified. And, and I'll, I'm happy to be the one to tell people that because you know, I want, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And if I find that you're me, you're never going to do business with me. Right. Well, and I think that's, it's interesting because this is something that I keep trying to communicate with our team. I'm like, uh, the, the thing that's going to take us to the next level is, is yes, we can, we have a, can have a better system. We can have a better product. We can have a better deliverable at the end of the day. What's going to take our business to the next level is showing up as leaders and standing up to people for, for, for what they do, what they say. And, and like, and actually having those conversations, right. Getting beyond the, um, the, you know, the, in sales, we call it a brush off objection, right? Like what is the actual root of what's going on and having the conversation with people that they need to have, not that they want to have, right? Because they always, people don't ever want to take blame for, for what's happening. Right. And so it's like, how can you have a conversation in a way that, that elevates you as a leader? And so that's really what, uh, you know, we're trying to say, it's like, how can we step up as leaders, uh, accountability partners, you know, things like that. That's really what it's going to elevate us to, to the next level versus, you know, having a better product or having, you know, the best leads ever or whatever it is, but it's like, because that's ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, and the concept comes down from, from one of my buddies who talks about this all the time. It's like, people don't buy things that make sense. They buy when they have a problem and an intense desire to solve that problem and do so now. And it's our job as sales professionals. And this is specifically for sales, but I'm trying to apply it to all parts of our business. Um, and it's our job as sales professionals to, um, to agitate the problem to discomfort so that there is, so they're seeking a solution and the solution can be your, the service you have. Right. And so, you know, you can apply this to almost any other part of your business of like, someone comes to you and and comes to you with some sort of a objection or whatever in sales, it could be, you know, for, for loans, it's like, they're saying, Oh, well, I don't want to buy right now or whatever. I need to wait 12 months. Why though? Right. Like understand, like, what is it they actually need? What is it they want? Maybe this is the right time to buy. Right. Like I think for loan officers, they they get too scared about the, the word sales (laughs) <laughs> um, like it's a bad thing. Right. And it's like, no, like I saw someone post the other day. They're like, they're like, uh, yeah, I'm not a salesperson. I'm an advisor. And I'm like, no, you're a salesperson and an advisor. You know, like it, I personally think that it is your ethical obligation. If you truly believe that your product and service is the best fit for this customer, this client, then you have an ethical obligation to convince them why they should use you and why they should do so now. Obviously there's ethics there, right? Like there's someone that doesn't deserve to be there, right? Like you talked about, you're going to tell them no. There's a very clear distinction whenever, when I I always tell everybody, when they say that a a true advisor gets paid for giving advice, loan officers get paid for closing loans, right? That's sales, right? Right. There's no getting around it. There's no getting away from it. Advise all you want. 
But if the deal, if you don't show up at the closing table and you're not signing paperwork, you're not getting paid. So you're not an advisor. Because I have friends that are advisors. They are genuine consultants and advisors. They don't need to close the sale. They don't need to, I mean, it, it, they actually do because they have to close people and hiring them to and then advise. Yeah. <laughs> once again, you know, it's like, uh, you're not getting paid to give advice. You're no. getting paid to close people's loans. Well, and ultimately, I, almost, I even almost said, I didn't end up saying it, but I was like, are you sure you want your your branch manager knowing that you don't consider yourself a salesperson? I don't. I think he would rather write you some smaller checks if you're really just a you know a, 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 a an order taker. Like if that's what you really want to do. Um, and so you know, I think, You'll I think work there it is, quicker, right. There's a bunch right. of order takers over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, man. So so as we're kind of wrapping up here, I want to talk a little bit about how you've grown. Obviously, a big part of that is uh, mindset, personal development. Um, you know, things like that, but you know, what, what is it that has sort of helped you grow to such an extent over the last, you know, two years? Is there anything specific? Well, you know, what would you say has kind of helped you grow so fast? You know, the nuts and bolts of it, um, it, it all ties in together because it, it, like, I can't separate one thing from the other because, you know, it's, it, it just, it all worked out at the same time, but mm-hmm. I, I will, the, the, the start was generating my own leads. Sure. Right? Once again, investing my own money. Because when you're paying your own money, you know, I, when I was at Fairway, they provided leads. And sometimes I'd call them and sometimes I wouldn't. Right. But it wasn't my money. <laughs> right, 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 right. When I started paying for them, I started picking up the phone and I started calling people. And that set me apart because I was really good on the phone. And I dialed and dialed and dialed. I mean, I was like two, 300 dials a day was not abnormal. Jeez. And then what I did is I took those leads and I nurtured them and I pre-proved them and I got them ready. And then I went to my, I went and found a heavy hitter realtor and be like, hey, and I was just transparent, like, hey, I want to get my foot in the door. I don't know who you are. I know you don't know who I am. But guess what? I have a buyer for you. I have a pre-approved buyer. They want to go out right now, 350000 And this is, you know, 2019 when, you know, people can buy. <laughs> when you could find uh, that. Yeah, right. Um, but that's how it started. And then, and then you know, I got my, I, you know, I didn't just get my foot in the door. I was kicking the door down, right? I was, right. Getting, I was getting in there. And, you know, that was the start. And then it got to the point where, okay, I'm too busy now. I can't, I can't. Because running it, you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you, running ads is not just like push button, get at, you know, get, right. you got to right. put them together. You got to cultivate them. There's yep. so much. And that was awesome for me because I really learned the value. That's one thing that Nick's program taught me was the value of how hard it is to generate yes. leads. Like, yes. and then, and then not only that, but the platform you're generating leads on is like fighting against you. And they're literally like, oh, literally, like, literally fighting. Yeah, let's. Oh, you figured out a way to generate leads? Cool. Uh, you, guess what? You can't do that anymore. Right. Now you gotta, and so, man, so much respect for you guys. And then I got to the point where, okay, I didn't have time to do it myself anymore. Right. So that's when I hired, hired you guys. Right. And right. It was like, okay, awesome. Now I'm, now I got someone else doing my leads. So all I got to do is follow up. Okay, great. Well, what happened was I was getting so good at that and I was converting those leads and I'm taking them to my realtors and I'm taking them to my referral partners. And then all of a sudden, I just started like, I started getting referrals back and I, and my realtor partner started getting bit. I mean, 2020 definitely, you know, I mean, this is in 2019. So mm-hmm. in 2019 is when I laid the groundwork. And then when we got to 2020, you know, we were cooking with, I mean, we were, t- <laughs> yeah. we were bacon grease. It was like, okay. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I couldn't even follow up on the leads that you were giving us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, I think you've talked about it a million times leads, Leads are great, but if you don't have a follow-up process, if you don't have a system in place to call those people and, and nurture and, and get them going, then, you know, it's pointless. And luckily for me, yeah. 
we got you got us there because the leads that I had from you and the leads that I had that I had generated, those were the ones that I used to plant the seeds with all those realtors. Right. And, and 2020 hit and it was like, I mean, we didn't run a single ad last year and we were a hundred, I was a hundred percent referral based from my referral, my realtor partners. You know, one thing I'll tell everybody, you know, for loan officers, like, Hey, don't, there's a lot other, there's a lot more avenues than just realtors, right? I mean, financial advisors, they are my absolute favorite best referral partners. That's why you got those 750, those 750 credit loans because you're working with financial advisors then, huh? I'm working with people that work with financial advisors. Yeah. They tend to be earners, Mm -hmm. right? And they understand the value of what we do, right? They understand our service. Right. We don't, you know, mortgages, I know it helps them get a house or it helps them refi a house, but it's not a tangible thing they get to hold, right? It's like this huge, disgusting packet of paperwork that nobody wants. Right, right. right. No one want, no, no one wakes up. And I always say this, like, no one wakes up and wants a mortgage. They wake up and they want a house, right? So how can you sell the house, but, but you know, knowing that the, that, that the reality is they have to go through the mortgage, right? Which is the <laughs> unsexy part of the whole entire real estate transaction. Yeah. But it's important. It's probably the most important part, really. Yeah. And, and people always talk about communication, communication, communication. Everybody talks about it, but nobody does it. Right. And I'm not kidding. I mean, invest in CRM, invest in a, a services and systems. And the one thing I tell my guys all the time, and I got this, we were talking about it earlier. I got this from Todd Bitter. Answer your phone. Man, I cannot tell you how many deals I've gotten because I picked up the phone at 7.30 on a Saturday night. And some people are like, oh, I need my balance and I need my family time. You know what? You're in the wrong industry if that's what you need. And Hey, I'm a big believer in that, but at the same time, I, I'm also not a hater on people that are willing to do that. I won't. I'm not willing to do it. Um, but at the same time, hey, you know what? If you want to make that paper, man, you, you go and do that because you but know here, there's no this, hating. These are the things I did though to get right. to. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? You want to say like, how did I get here? That's how I got here. I yep. took phone calls because I'm, I'm with you right now. Now I'm at that right. Where it's right. Like, you know what? After five o'clock, not picking up the phone. Yep. Saturday, yep. Nope, not picking up the phone. Guess who I got? I got loan officers, and I got an yep. LOA. I've got other people in place. They, mm-hmm. It's their yeah. turn, right? And I'll right. teach them everything I've done. I'm going to give you every tool. I'm going to tell you all the mistakes. I'm going to tell you all that stuff. But what a lot of people don't realize is you can't go from A to A to Z, right? Right, right. The, the, the steps in the middle are so important, right? I, I, I can tell you all the, all the things in the world. I can tell you everything I did. But unless you go do it, you know, that's why I love about like Andy and Ed, they talk about it all the time. They're like, Hey, we give all this, you know, Andy's podcast. He's like, I give this stuff out for free. I don't even need advertising. And he's like, and people are like, Oh my gosh, you're giving your competitors all the answers. He's like, yeah, but here's the thing. One, they're not my competitors because nobody competes against me. Right. I'm my only competitor. And two, I'll give it to everybody all day long because here's the thing. 98% of you people ain't going to execute a damn thing. Right. Right. You're going right. to listen. You're going to take notes. You're going to get excited about it for like an hour. But you know what? And the next day you have to get motivated. And that's the difference, I think, between a lot of people. And, that, and that's another thing that they talk about. I don't need to get motivated. Mm-hmm. Motivation comes and goes. I wake up and I do it every single day, no matter what. Right. My well, routine is my routine. And, and the mundane, boring, those tasks that nobody wants to do, man, I relish in those because those are the things that get me where I'm at. And if you stop doing those, guess what? You're going to stop. Right. Well, and I, I agree, man. I, I, um, I wake up a lot of days and I don't want to come to work, but guess what I do every single, well, five days a week now. Uh, but every, every day I get up and I come to work like, you know, and I, I don't have to, like, I really, I really don't have to, but it's like, 
I just know that the things that are going to get me to that next level are the things that I don't always want to do, right? Like, you, yeah, you can, you can take yourself out of things that you don't necessarily want to do at some point. You know, that's part of growing a team. But realize like with those things comes bigger responsibilities and bigger problems, right? Like some days I'm like, man, I wish I had those little problems that I had way back when, because now the problems I have are, you know, the things that used to keep me up at night are not even like, a, not even a thought in my mind anymore. You know what I mean? But you know, with different levels come different devils, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you look around and you're like, man, the things I used to dream about, I have, right? But yep. for me, it's like, you know, I'm still scared. <laughs> Every day. Like the genuine truth is I'm still scared. <laughs> tomorrow it's going to collapse. And I'm like, I didn't do enough. I didn't work hard enough. I did like, you know, my family is a huge motivator and I need to take care of them. And I need to make mm-hmm. sure that they don't ever have to worry about anything. And I'm scared to death that some outside force or something else is going to happen and all of this is going to come and and it may not be a rational fear, but you know what? It, it keeps me going, man. It keeps, that's why I get up at four o'clock in the morning. That's why I, I knock all that stuff out. And like, you know, it's, I, I was talking to somebody about it today and they're like, I get up at eight o'clock and I'm like, man, I'm, my workout is done. My reading is done. My meditation, my prayer, my, my journaling, my, my planner. I like my whole day is like all the, all the, all the, like the tasks of my day, are done before that person's even awake. Well, I, I, don't, I mean, they don't have kids either. They probably don't have kids either. I, 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 I don't know I, how you wake up at eight with kids. <laughs> I, think she, I think she does, but they're oh. all they're older. Oh, okay. But, but, but like in my mind, I just look at that person. I'm like, and, and here's the thing. She's a, she's a bigger producer than I am. Like she, she runs a branch, mm-hmm. a retail branch and she kills it, man. She, she absolutely crushes it. But right there for me, I'm like only for a little bit because yeah. I'm, I'm coming after you. Well, and it is interesting I'm, though, right? Yeah, like, you know, what's that? I said, it's interesting. Cause there's a lot of people that, you know, when I started, I looked up at them, like, I was like, Oh my God, they're like the, they're the, they're the people I wish I would be. And then, you know, you all of a sudden realize that you know, it's not that, it's not that much. It's not that, you know, all the things that you think were like huge are like, okay, well now I'm on another level. And, and I know, and, and just real quick, just to go back to your whole thought of like the environment, right? Like I've invested in the same, same mastermind I've been in since uh, I think October of 2019. Um, and when we started, there was one seven figure agency in the group. And now out of like the 15 of us, I think, I think maybe there's two or three that aren't seven figure or more agencies, like on a yearly basis doing seven oh. figures in revenue. And so it's like, everybody's growing together, right? Like that's how you grow. Everybody grows together every single year. Like every single time we go to an event, it's, it's different. It's, it's just different things that we're learning about. Like it used to be super tactical of like, Oh, how do you do run ads? What do you do this? How do you get more clients? Now it's like, all right, how do we save the money? How do we go invest in, in new, in new things? It's like the different levels. Right. And then also how to be a better leader and all these things that, that like, you know, back when I didn't have anybody, I had one, you know, I had one virtual assistant. Now I have a team of 19, I think, or 20, um, you know, and it's just, so it's like, it's insane that it can happen in such a short time. But as you mentioned, right, like it all comes down to taking actions consistently, regardless of if you want them or not, right? Like, and the one thing that that I will say, I always say, I did everything wrong with my business. I, I really think I still do a lot of things wrong. The one thing that I do right is that every single day, regardless of if I want to or not, I get up and I put one step forward, mm-hmm. one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, right? Because I think that's what people, you know, they freeze and they're like, what what step do I take forward? that's where people mess up is like, they think, they think themselves into, into not doing anything. 
And yeah, what's that uh, paralysis? What uh, there's a term paralysis analysis or something. Paralysis like? by analysis. Yeah, they just they over. And I, I love like there's that one. It's like you know the person who's the person watching shouldn't be criticizing the person doing. Right. right? Have you have you seen that? Yeah. There's a there's the, I think is the the Franklin Roosevelt uh, quote talking about the man, man in the, the arena. arena. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, man. But yeah. It's basically don't criticize the person that's doing because, you know, they're the ones that are bruised and battered and, you know, again, a hundred thousand dollars in debt and, you know, fearing, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, wondering if they're going to hit payroll, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, worrying about if they're going to make their mortgage payments. You know, those are, that's, those are the fears and, and the things that you have to go through. So like yeah. you can choose stability or you can choose greatness, right? And and I choose greatness every time. So um, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, real quick before we go, um, what is one thing, what is one sort of tip, strategy, something that you would give a loan officer to help them you know, grow their business here? Answer your phone. Um, man, that, that's it's one of those things that, like I said, everybody talks about communication. Uh, that, is, that is one of those, you know, when you're getting started, especially, you got, you know, you got to look at it like, you know, we, we have a very high ticket product. Very high. Right. I mean, you, you know, you do a $500,000 loan. Well, that's 7,500 bucks that you can make, right? right. For, some, for some companies, you know, depending on what their splits or whatever may be, it's even more than that. But right. that's how I look at it. When I, when my phone rings, when this thing rings and there is an unknown number or a number I don't recognize, I, that's 7,500 bucks. Right. Your phone. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and I think that's huge to, to know is, is basically, especially when you're starting out that it, answer your phone, make the calls, do the work, right? You know, it just comes down to doing what the average person isn't willing to do because that's ultimately what keeps people average is they expect by, that by just hope marketing, right? Most people sit around and hope market, um, you know, they just don't, which basically means they just hope for stuff to come their way. Um, and and so that's the, the difference, right? Pick up your phone uh, on both ways, right? Making the calls and also oh, yeah. you know, answering it's your phone. not call. just answering your phone. It's yeah, pick up that phone and you got to dial. If you have a phone aversion, this is the wrong business for you. Like, sorry, just go do something else. Right, right. The or- other thing I would say is I have three books that I would recommend. Awesome. One of them I actually just started reading. The other two I've read probably 15 times, but Culture Code by Daniel okay. Coyle. I think you've told me about this like multiple times and I still haven't picked it up and read it. Uh, Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Great book. And I just got this. Casey Knowles actually is the one who gave me this book called Who Not How. Great book too. Oh yeah. Who Not How is amazing. I haven't even made it past chapter three because I keep going back and just rereading one through three. I've literally been reading chapters one through three for like, and they're short chapters. It's not like this huge long book. Yep. yep. Um, but I've, I'm stuck on chapters one through three for the last like two weeks because there's so much just I, I man, the book's amazing. So those three books I would put out there too. They absolutely got to read them. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you know, probably in the order that I would, I don't know, I haven't read culture code, but I would probably go extreme ownership first. Um, that's that, I think that's an iconic book that, uh, you know, especially if you want to take your, 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 your business to the next level, your, your personal development to the next level. It just, I think that's a foundational book for just about everything. I actually have a buddy of mine. That's one of their mandatory books that all of their employees have to read is extreme ownership um, because it's, it's so pivotal in understanding that everything is your fault, right? The place you are in life is because of you. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do after that. I know who not how is going to be very, uh, very good for people that are looking to build teams um, or in the future, you know, 
Yeah. But I love who, not how I actually brought it up both with the Michael Mann episode and also with Casey Knowles. And it's funny that you brought it up again, because it's a, it's an incredible book and it's a fairly new one. So, uh, and I'll, I guess I got a white read culture code, huh? I, it, it was a, it was a transformational book for me. Um, and I actually have my, for me, for my staff, it is required reading culture code first, uh, extreme ownership second. And now I'm just now adding who, not how to the list, but, um, yeah, awesome. I, I won't go into all the details of it, but culture code and, and extreme ownership, man, they complement each other like you would they know. Oh my, yeah, they, they cool. are they two different total total different points of view, but honestly, not necessarily the exact same message. But man, I, like I said, they just they complement each other very very well. Love it, love it. Yeah. Also, I'll be picking up culture code. I know you've been telling me. I think there's like two years of you telling me about this at book, least, <laughs> and I still haven't read it. So uh, awesome, man! Thank you so much for being here, man. Um, yep. And and loan officers, if you you know if you're you know if you're looking for uh, a way to grow your business, I mean Nathan just said right. Pick up the phone, make the dials, do the work. Um, you know, figure out a way that you can stand out from. Uh, from other loan officers so that you can, you know, and and obviously Nathan talked about earlier in the episode is how can you stand out? Can you give people pre-approvals? How do you stand out from every other loan officer that says they have the best rates, the best turn times, uh, and, and the best, whatever they pick up the phone all the time. Right. Like, so how do you stand out? Right. So again, how can we flip the status quo on its head? So thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the loans on demand podcast on loans on demand podcast.com. The Loans on Demand Podcast.